Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. One game to go in yet another debacle of a Bears season. Welcome in to Doendi City Bears podcast. Kevin Powell, WGN Radio, covers the Bears. He's coming up. We will take a... A strong look at what exactly went on this year with how the Bears developed Justin Fields, which was the entire point of the whole damn season. And yeah, that one is not pretty, not pretty at all. We'll get into it in a minute. But first off, I just want to give my two cents on the Antonio Brown situation, who basically ended his NFL career yesterday, the talented receiver walking off the field, stripping down to just his pants, uh, taking the shoulder pads off, and throwing gloves and shirts into the stands. Tom Brady wants us to be empathetic to Antonio, which is fine. The dude clearly has some mental health issues. I got it. This is not a guy that's anywhere close to right. Outside of the fact that he's done some absolutely terrible things to women that are, you, I don't care if he's got mental health, you're, we're not going empathy on that. But just to, for that particular comment, empathy for Antonio if just for yesterday and the way he ended his career. Okay, I got you, Tom Brady. What I want to underline is that Antonio Brown has been enabled. He's had a football stadium, seemingly, of enablers who never called this guy out and gave him opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Mike Tomlin, first-class guy in Pittsburgh. I don't know how he put up with him, but he somehow got through nine years. The Raiders bring him in. That doesn't work out in spectacular, horrendous fashion. And here comes New England to the rescue. And Bill Belichick would have kept him around, but it got so ugly off the field that they had to let him go. But Bruce Arians, who didn't want him at all, says yes because Tom Brady wants him. And then the dude gets caught with a fake vaccine card and they keep him. At what point is this guy, what's the lesson you're teaching here? There is nothing you can do that is going to impact you in the long run because you're just so talented. So you're never, ever, going to have to grow up and become a functioning adult-like figure in society. I mean, he's in a YouTube yesterday, just all smiles, because the dude thinks that he'll probably get another chance, because he's Antonio Brown. It's just a reminder, if you have somebody in your life who you see something better for, don't be afraid to say it, and don't be afraid to lose them as a a friend or whatever. Maybe they'll ultimately come to respect you. But you're not doing the Antonio Browns or anyone a favor by letting them slide with all their BS. It just is going to end terribly. There are 
if you look at just sports, there's some situations where, okay, Randy Moss with the Patriots, that worked out well for a period of time. Dennis Rodman with the Bulls. But Moss wasn't actually as crazy as everyone thought he is. We've seen that in his post-career. He's done a great job. Uh, I enjoy listening to Randy. And Dennis, well, they had Phil Jackson, who was one of the greatest coaches in the in the history of the NBA in understanding people. Sure, Dennis, go off to Las Vegas and get drunk for three days. You're a different form of whatever the hell Phil called him. Go ahead and do that. And Mike, by the way, we have you too. Dennis is not going to say no to you. You can go to his hotel room and pull him out when Carmen Electra is hiding underneath the covers. Like, yeah, okay, that worked out to a point. But these things generally, they, they, they don't work. And guys always get opportunity after opportunity because someone thinks that it's worth the squeeze is worth the, the juice is worth the squeeze. It isn't. Don't enable people. No more enabling. That's a car message for 2022 as we start the new year. All right, let's get KP in here. The Windy City Bears podcast taking a strong look at Justin Fields and what the Bears did and did not do this year. It starts right now, but first, I do want to remind you that the Players' Tribune has launched its first ever mental health podcast, speaking of Antonio Brown. It's called The Blindsided. You've got former NHL goalie Corey Hirsch, and you've got psychiatrist Dr. Diane McIntosh. Show will take it's, the show is going to share the moments uh, for a variety of athletes when everything changed for them and mental health became the most important focus of their lives. You've got Kevin Love, you've got Kurt Warner. It's a big time uh, program that they're putting on. So check it out, Players Tribune. The podcast is called Blind Sided. They do great, great work over there. So I think you'll really enjoy it. All right. Without further ado, let's get it going. The Windy City Podcast with KP starts right now. Showtime. KP, in your mind, and this is what I've been thinking about this morning, how wrong did the Bears get it this year? And by the way, you could say they didn't if you want. I'll argue with you, but you could say it. You could say anything. How wrong did they get it on how they developed Justin Fields? I mean, a lot of it was tough because of the injuries. Right. But at the same time, I don't think they play calling has been a major issue with the Bears now under Matt Nagy, whether it was him calling the players or Bill Lazor, whoever it may have been. Um, how wrong did they get it? That's a really good question. Um, so you basically want me to evaluate the coaching staff on how they handled the development of Justin Fields. Right. Let, let me give you the basis of my argument and, and, and see how you take it down, because we used to quibble about Trubisky. And you wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I was over the top meeting. He sucks. But I think what what we both, I think in retrospect, would agree on, and I would think the Bears would even agree on, but they didn't learn anything from it. In my mind, this is my argument of, of why this year is so messed up. You went out and you signed Mike Glennon, who we saw yesterday. Okay, fine. Horrendous. Great. But to compound the error after four games – when you saw how bad he was, you rushed Trubisky onto the field when he was not ready, and you didn't even have your coaching staff in place that's actually going to coach the guy up. So you never really put Trubisky, whatever he could have been, you never put him in the best spot to get there. You put him on the field too soon, you switch coaching staffs early, and 
he literally was fighting at the end of his Bears career, like saying, hey, don't just look at me. Look at everything that went on around here. It wasn't just my fault. And like, I actually believed him. And I thought he played his best football, at least some of it at the, at the end of his career, minus like the couple of times he would have, you know, great games where he would, you know, against Tampa. Now this year, you did the same damn thing. You you went out and you 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 got Dalton, and you tried to trade Nick Foles, but nobody wanted to take on his money in two years, so you were stuck with him. So you start Dalton, and you even play Fields earlier, but in you know as far as just throwing him on the field for a couple of minutes. But you you play Dalton, and then Dalton gets hurt, and again you throw Fields out there, which like in my mind. Play the guy when he's ready to be to play, not because you need him. You had Nick Foles. Let this guy sit, develop. If he wasn't ready in week one, then he's not ready in, in week one and a half when Dalton gets hurt. It's like they learned absolutely nothing from the way they went about it the first time. That's that's my argument against what they what they did. All right, so well, now we're going back to the conversation, which was from the beginning of the season, which some people were all about starting fields from week one. Right. Some people yep. are like, what are you doing? You have yep. Justin Fields. Just get him in there. So we're kind of having that, that same conversation now as we approach the season finale. I was always. I said I was like, I'm fine if, if he doesn't start right away, because I never I don't believe that there's one specific playbook in developing a quarterback. Just don't ruin them. Um, when he did go in and showed us his talent, and again, the numbers for Justin Fields, we, you can't really look at his stat sheet here, right? I mean, there's a million factors that went in to what this season became, and a lot of it had to do with personnel, right? That's on Ryan Pace. A lot of it had to do with Matt Nagy's offense. And look, we're seeing in the NFL that young quarterbacks in a short period of time, this doesn't have to be some sort of like three, four-year developmental process for Justin Fields, for the Bears to be good. I mean, look around the league, right? Joe Burrow, who was a consensus one, they won the division. They're headed to the playoffs. You have Herbert with the Chargers in playoff contention. So, um, I, I don't, you know, the whole when were they going to start Justin Fields, it sure sounds like that Matt Nagy was pretty, pretty, uh, you know, steady with the fact that he, he, was, he probably would have been fine resting Justin Fields for a year, right? And then starting Dalton the whole way. I think that you know, in a way also could have created a lifeline for Matt Nagy, right? You don't have a good season. You can pitch, hey, but now that Justin Fields has had a year, next year could be different because I think he's ready to go and we're ready to unleash him on the NFL and all those sorts of things. So I don't know if that was the case. Maybe it would have, maybe it crossed Matt Nagy's mind that he knew that if he had Fields resting for an entire year, no matter what this season became, he could have said, well, I have Justin Fields next year. And I think after a year of sitting him and all of that, I, I thought once they went with Fields, it was, it was, I was all on board with, with sticking with them. You know, not a hot take guy, Carm. That's not how I roll. <laughs> I feel really good about where Justin Fields is at with his talent. I mean, I, he's everything you could want in a quarterback, right? I mean, he has a huge arm. We can talk about, you know, Certain things that he's done done well and not done well this season, but I, I'm I'm all in on Justin Fields. I, I think I guess to the root of your 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 question of how badly they screwed it up or or how you want me to grade how the Bears handled Justin Fields this year, um, it's almost as hard. It's like impossible to give it a grade because he had the injuries. Um, I will say like the personnel issues, not putting a good team around him. That's that's on Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Right. That's the talent around Justin Fields. Sure. Who's in charge? Who's in charge of acquiring talent and building a good team? 
that's your general manager. And then who's in charge of taking the talent and building systems around them and creating a, a quality football team. Matt Nagy's failed to do that. But I guess to my point, back to the young quarterbacks, I feel like, you know, I think you and I have, you and I have had this conversation throughout this year. Like, I don't think it's worth, I guess Belichick's different. Like you're seeing them be very careful with Mac Jones and it's paid off. And they, I think they know what he's capable of doing and not capable of doing. But when you have guys with immense amount of talent, like a Justin Fields or Lamar Jackson uh, or, you know, a Joe Burrow, like, don't be stubborn with it. And I think part of Matt Nagy's time here, stubbornness got in his way, wh- where when it came to the play calling, for sure, it was like, dude, you, you're not cutting it as a play caller in the NFL. Um, and then I just think even with Trubisky, like, how many times were we screaming at the TV to get him out of the pocket? Clearly, Mitch on the move was better than Mitch in the pocket, and they didn't do it as frequently as they did. And Matt Nagy's play calling became so predictable. Um, so I would say just overall, like, how would I, I don't know. It's like so hard for me to just put a grade on. I would say not great because I don't think, you know, there was plenty of times when Fields was out there and we were like, what kind of play calling is this? Or, I mean, you go back to that Cleveland game, right? Yep. What a disaster. And the failure to adapt during that game and let your young quarterback get destroyed in the backfield uh, was inexcusable. So you have to find somebody who's willing to adapt to Justin Fields. I'm not saying this is like, it has to be all player driven. It's the players league and all of that. I get it. The football coaches are going to football coach. Um, but you clearly have a ton of talent at Justin Fields. You cannot waste this talent. So the way you just underlined it, it's a D it's an F it's, right, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's bad. I mean, I like here, the Cleveland thing that you brought up, which is an excellent underlining. It wasn't just in the moment figuring out what was going on. You did not have him prepared to be out there. You just threw him out to the wolves in your scheme and said, go do it when he just wasn't anywhere close to ready to go do it versus like, okay, we have this guy. Let's figure out what he can do. Let's, let's create a system around him where he'll have his best chance to be successful. They didn't do any of that. And then, you know, from there they started to adjust at least some, but like Matt, your number one job this year. And I like Matt Nagy. Like, I think he's a, he's a nice, fine, love to have him over for dinner, have a KP chicken. What would you cook cook Matt Nagy for dinner? If he was going to the car residence? I mean, doesn't it feel like you you were making burgers, Matt, we're going to get after the burger. Like you, you know, you just keep it simple. Yeah, he doesn't. Some he burgers doesn't, and brats and some yeah, hot dogs. He doesn't need sides. A, he doesn't need a white wine reduction. He just just, just <laughs> straight straight. I had some scallops last night that were phenomenal, Carm. I oh, I I believe it, KP. I believe it. But you know, so I like the guy. But your number one job this year, dude, was to take care of Justin Fields. Do your best to develop him. And if they had. Look, Andy's hurt. You don't think he's ready. We're starting Nick Foles. You win as however many games that you could have won with Nick Foles. Maybe it wouldn't have been a lot. Maybe I, I don't think it would have been less. But uh, maybe you're a playoff team. Maybe you're not. Or you're in the position that you're in right now, and now you're playing Fields. And let's just say he had the same exact day that Dalton had yesterday, which was eighteen of thirty-five, one hundred and seventy-three yards, quarterback rating of sixty-three, and you win twenty-nine to three. 
you can you can sort of celebrate it and be like, hey, we got our guy on the field. We won a football game. We're moving in the right direction. Like it would have a different feel than the way this year is ending with a total thud and like, should they play him against the Vikings or not? And of course they should. The guy should be getting reps, but there's the other side of a course that they shouldn't because you haven't helped the dude at all. And it's like, just let him start fresh next year with whoever's going to be here, which is just not that is a That's a bad place for Nagy to be along with everything else. Yeah. I think they should play him too. Cause anytime he's on that field and getting reps, I think it's a good thing, but yeah, like if, if, if I mean, the fact that we're even having the conversation that we're so worried, the coaching staff will put him in a vulnerable position is uh, it's not good, right? That means you're really bad at building scheme and, and protecting your quarterback. If we're even having that thought, right, that, you know what, this team's really bad and they can't protect Justin Fields, we should, we should forego the opportunity for him to get more NFL reps because we're worried he's going to get killed in the backfield. It's now, terrible. I mean, it's terrible. It's horrible. And, and, like, you and I talked about this after the game yesterday, and, and it, the, the terrifying – thought for Bears fans right now is that this organization doesn't get Justin Fields to the level we think he can get to. And I think he has all the tools to become a very good elite quarterback in the NFL. And we we know what comes with that, right? If you get your guy, you're likely going to be in a competitive situation almost every year. We see it with franchise quarterbacks. Um, so I think the horrifying thought is a bear screw it up. And it's clear that Matt Nagy's not the guy to be around Justin Fields anymore. As we all know at this point, this whole two-week window, coach, everyone's like, get rid of Nagy. And you got to figure out what you're doing at the top. You yes. got to figure out what you're doing with Ryan Pace. Is yes. Ryan Pace getting sent into some different uh, role with the front office? Are they moving on from him? Are they bringing in – are they building a new football structure? Is there a football operations guy? Is there a general manager guy? Um, you know, your, your classic, as you mentioned yesterday, the Theo Jed-type dynamic where you have – and we've, we see that in baseball now, right? You have a head of operations and you have general managers, assistants, all those sorts of things. Different sports, but still, like, I would, I'd be fine if, if they finally do something a little bit different on the football operations side of thing because what, what they've been doing hasn't worked. Now – I don't know if I'm fully convinced they're ready to move on from Ryan Pace. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, Carm. You might have a better feel for it. But, and look, Ryan Pace, I'll say this. Do I think they should move on from Ryan Pace? Yes, I think they should move on from Ryan Pace. I think there are some people who, who just cannot get over the fact that he missed on Mitch and he handled you know, the quarterback situa- situation poorly. And that's fine. I think that's fair. You sh- he should definitely be criticized for that for the knee-jerk reaction to sign Andy Dalton, for what he did to get Nick Foles, to missing on Mitch. And but now, he's a position, what, now he has Justin Fields. And everyone's like, well, he lucked into it. He lucked into this and that. It's like, all right, well, he still went out and got him. You know? And he has done some good things acquiring talent. I think he's had plenty more misses than he's had hits, for sure. Um, but either way, regardless, if they want to – somehow for whatever reason they're the McCaskies are big on Ryan Pace and keep him. I don't think Bears fans are going to be particularly happy with that. Cause then like how, what, what role I keep hearing that, like what role would you possibly put Ryan Pace in where he's not interfering or getting in the way of your, of your new football operations. I think it's start new, get somebody you can trust to work with Justin Fields. That's key. 
And then you've got salary cap issues. You've got some aging players in important spots. You've got some guys making a lot of money that are on the other side of 30. So I, my preference would be just move on from Ryan Pace, move on from Matt Nagy, and figure out salary cap, figure out who's going to be alongside Justin Fields for what we hope would be a very long time here in Chicago. So doing business like, well, the fans aren't going to like it or they are going to like it. That's a bad way to do business. So, but th- that's, that, that's not what this would be about. Is, is Matt Nagy the right guy to develop Justin Fields? I think you have a very clear answer on that. And is Ryan Pace the guy that's going to get you out of where you're at? Do you still want to be in, uh, tied to a guy who's going to overpay for, with uh, draft picks all the time to try to move up and get the guy that he – I mean, he's, this is what he does. So, and I think that like Pace, I think is from everything I've read, he seems fairly well respected around the league. Like he's going to be a great director of college scouting or something. He's going to get another job. And if George wants to slide him over to somewhere, so Ryan still makes money and it doesn't, they don't kick him out and he waits for the right opportunity to very nicely say goodbye to the bears. And now he's going to go back to the saints or wherever the hell he's going to go. That's fine. I don't, I wouldn't care about the fan reaction, but what I would care about is who the hell is running my football team. And, you know, so I, I just, if I'm George, don't you like, how old is George? 73. Let's pull it up. I don't know. George McCaskey. I mean, my point is like, you're, you're kind of an old dude. Wouldn't you rather be just sitting back having a whatever you would do, cigar, uh, have a vino and, and, and relaxing rather than having everyone screaming at you? I mean, George is unbelievable you t- uh, that uh, Wikipedia can't throw, a, can't, throw a, can't throw an age on it, George. What the hell? That, that's not like you. you uh, I understand your point regardless of the specific yeah. age. Yeah, um, I mean, this was the T was the ticket office director from 81 to 2010. I mean, which is a whole other thing with the, the McCaskies and how they go about their business. But like, <laughs> do, do, just let the let, go have you go enjoy your life. That's what you should be doing. Yeah, I mean, sure, he cares a whole lot about the organization and trying to put a winner together here. But yeah, it's uh, I know your 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 first question was like, how would I grade it now that I've kind of like talked through it with you. I mean, yeah, it is, as you said, a D or an F, you know, what they've done with Justin Fields this season. Um, do you believe that Matt Nagy really was like, I just want to sit in for a whole year? I think that he was like, look, I got to win football games. My job's on the line. There's so much heat on me. This dude runs my offense. He knows my system. Let me show you what I can do with a quarterback who actually understands how I want to run things. And so let me get Dalton Cook in here, and then everybody and and I'll and I'll bring Justin Fields along. Sure, I'll, I'll play him a little bit. I'll throw him out there. We'll we'll do this. But I want to win games, and this guy's going to help me win games. I, I think he I think he's making a case to the rest of the NFL. They screwed me here. This there's no way anybody could could have succeeded, and this is my best chance at succeeding with my guy and my system, and that's how I'm going to do it. I I, I don't know. It, it's it's hard to understand like what where he's calculated and where he's not calculated. You know, he brings up his son, and he was riding there, and then he talks about JD in a very classy way. It's like is he? And some people think he's like trying to you know, make this case of what a good like, like and almost like appealing to the McCaskies that he's this really good guy. I just kind of think that's who he is, but maybe he is calculated. I don't know. Like, saying nice things about Jeff Deckerson, whether it's calculated or not calculated, I don't care. Say good things about J.D., that's nice. Telling me a story about your son, 
I'm down to hear that too. Like, I like the human side of it, but I don't know how much like he's thinking Dalton, this is the way I can show to the rest of the football world that even if they fire me here, I should be at, get another head coaching opportunity, which I would guess he's not going to get. Yeah. I don't think he's going to get one for a while. And then play calling was his biggest failure in some way. You were specifically brought here to modernize this offense and have a legit NFL offense. And he failed to do that for a lot of different reasons. But, you know, the other night when he, when, when laser was out there was out and he was, wasn't exactly clear who would be calling the plays. I mean, that's one thing when Nat Nagy just, the dude just talks in circles over and over and over, like, just say your point. Um, and I'm watching that game. I believe that was the Vikings game. And, you know, jet end around sweep over and over bubble screens to the short side of the field. I'm like, this is Matt Nagy calling the plays. I know it is. And then after the game, he's like, yeah, I was calling the plays. I'm like, if you're – if just, the, you know, Brady got Kevin sitting in the press box watching this being like, dude, this is the most predictable, boring offense that Matt Nagy is calling. And then, like, what do you think the rest of the league is saying? Well, people who actually know what they're watching on the field. I'm not going to allow you to do that to yourself, though. You're not just radio guy, Kevin. You you were you were an all-conference offensive lineman, were you not? <laughs> a long time ago, Carm. You know, running the old Veer offense. Really uh, high-level stuff there. You ran the um, Veer? We are Marshall? It was like an op. Yeah, it was not. It wasn't great. We shouldn't have been running that. But um, <laughs> See, you knew what you should. What was the high school? <laughs> it was Hersey High School. Hersey High School. Pride. Husky Pry was running the Veer. You knew that this, these are well; these are important credentials, man. You're not, you know, you're not Carm Recreational Hoop player calling it out. You're, you're, <laughs> you were in the trenches. Let's let's oh, give yeah. KP his props. Oh uh, God, glory days of high school football. Um, so yeah, I guess it's like the, for me, the way I feel right now about this whole situation is you have to start from the top. You ha- the, the next big hire is figuring out who's calling the football shots. And we can go from there. How soon do you think after the season uh, we'll hear from uh, George and Ted and get some answers here? I think it's going to be three days. I think they'll make it painful. I need to go back and look when they had the, uh, you know, the infamous Zoom call of after last season with George and Ted, and they talked about collaborating. I got to look back and see what the date was on that. Listen, the su- the bottom line is whenever they do it, the sooner the better. Get on yeah. with it and and you know, you talk about the Bears hiring consultants to uh make their hires like Ernie Accorsi and there was I forget the name of who did the one before that when they went and got Jerry Angelo. Uh don't do that. And also, if you are gonna do that, get somebody who will sit in and, and do the press conference for you. Seriously, call up Theo and be like, can, can will you handle the end of season presser for me and just and be transparent? This is what I this is what I want to have said. This is what I don't want to have said. So just stay away from this, but be as transparent on the rest of it as possible. Like that's they literally need to do they they can't do it. These guys are terrible. So I, what's I, something, Carm, what's something good you can take from this season? Other than the fact that they've drafted fields and they have an, a crazy talented young quarterback, like what actually on the field did you see that that you can 
that stands out, and you can take that into next year. All right, let's let's get fired up on a Larry Borum, who I think has has a, has a chance. The first time anyone's ever said, "Let's get fired up on a Larry Borum." I mean, let, let respect the Larry Borum. Let, let, Tevin Jenkins had one good game, so we have that. Uh, so maybe you have you have bookend tackles who can at least play and are cheap. That's good. Um, I mean, I love the Robert Quinn story, but the dude's 31. Is he ever going to do this again? I, you just wasted his best season ever on a year that you won six or seven games. So I, I can't sit here and say I'm excited about that. Uh, I don't know what Thomas Graham at the end of the season, the cornerback off the bench uh, who sat out because of COVID in college and maybe that may have a fine here. That That's kind of interesting. Darnell yeah, there's Mo- just so many. Yeah, yeah, there's just yeah. so many question marks moving forward, right? Because guys, like you said, who had good years, how long are they going to be here? I will say David Montgomery is yep. clearly, clearly a guy and a weapon that you can use in this offense. I mean, he fits into basically every offense in the, in the NFL. And, I mean, the dude fights for every inch. So that's also something you can take into next year. We're like, all right, at least we know we're pretty good with Khalil Herbert and David. David Montgomery, hopefully Tariq Cohen's back next year. That was sort of this weird, mysterious story all season where it's like, when does this dude come back? And uh, hopefully they can get him because he, he's a weapon too. But there's just a lot of questions this offseason, and it's up to the McCaskies to find the right person to you know, pull uh, and make the right decisions this offseason. Kevin Powell, Hersey High School, Illinois State Redbird, WGN Radio in your afternoons. New show starting today, or at least an add-on with a with a Lisa Dent and a Steve Bertrand with the KP running the sports scene, um, and then the football podcast at WGNRadio.com, which I've been you've been kind of my number to- one guest. You're the top frequent guest uh, on the WGN Radio football podcast. I appreciate every opportunity you've given me to be on, brother. So you're doing you're 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 knocking it down. You're going to games. You're coming back. You're potting. You're you're doing you're doing you're doing the deal, dog. So. Now I'm on your what would you call it? So video blog. This is blog. You're, you're on the the, the Windy City Bears pod. Wow. Which um, you know, nor, we do a lot of the Windy City Bulls. We do a, we did a lot of the Windy City White Sox, and we did it. We did a lot of the Windy City Cub until the Cubs punted their season, and that pod went sideways because nobody wanted to talk about the Cubs, or at least I didn't. So I stopped calling right. people to talk Cubs, but. Um, this is a DeWindy well, City it's Bear. Been, it's been an honor, Carm. I really uh, appreciate you finally having me on. I've only been asking you all season. Yeah, well, you know, we're, we're, I was like, it's a little weird. We just do, we do a pod over there. Should we do the same pod over here? But we did a different pod. There's so much to talk about with the Bear Down. Uh, I'm sure there was some run over, but KP, I appreciate you making time, brother. You the man. All right, Carm. Thanks, man. I'll start off by uh, just, you know, reiterating everything that we thought, how the game went last night. I thought the, the effort was there. Um, uh, in particular, like the, uh, the end of the. Uh... Yeah, the good thing with Sean is, you know, going into it, he, he uh, at the NFL level, you know, he never experienced calling plays. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. The thing I like about Sean, he's extremely calm, um, and he's he does a great job of making sure that the guys feel that. Without taking time to really study and, and sit back, I think every year is different, whether it's by position, 
um, whether it's by you know schematics and whether it's by opponents that you play. Because I think everything happens for a reason. I believe that, um, you know, we went into it with a plan of Andy being the starter for the entire season, and uh, it didn't go that route. I've always been wired that way, where whatever happens, that's it's supposed to be that way. And, and you attack it. So um, I, I just, I think, with the way that it's gone. Having a versatile, high-quality piece of clothing feels great, but having a whole closet full of favorites feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.